This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I'm so sorry. I don't know why you got this so I'm so sorry, everybody. I just wanted everyone to be able to hear this this piece of musical genius. All right. All right. That'll work. That was Mac Dre. That's that Thizzle dance. That was by request. Sometimes we drop a request in here and there. And uh, I will admit that DeMond played this song during the commercial break, and I absolutely did the Thizzle dance. I will be tweeting out the video shortly. <laughs> oh, it's a great song. Rest in peace to Mac Dre. 203 is the time. Coming up in about seven minutes, we'll have former Raider head football coach Hugh Jackson on the show to talk about Al Davis. But I want to get your thoughts because I know that I was pretty emotional the day that I found out he passed away that Saturday morning. I woke up right before that Raider Texans game that they ended up winning. And uh, Michael Huff got that interception in the end zone. I want to know what Al Davis meant to you. And what I mean by this. Sometimes it's 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 hard to describe exactly the the way I'm trying to 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 word this as far as you look up to people or you admire someone from a distance or you even just kind of are around someone for a long time and so you start to pick up their ways. I guess that's the kind of way I'm trying to put it, but I heard a call to this morning on on the morning tailgate with Clay that was such a good call, such a passionate call. I might play it a little bit later on from uh, Raider Man in Richmond. It was a great, passionate call. But it just, it almost felt like from all the years that he watched Al Davis and the Raiders from a distance, he it's, it's almost like his own character started to develop. His own, his own, not relationship, but just the, just the way he, as a person, started to evolve, started picking up some tendencies. And I'm not saying that, you know, he was running side by side, elbow to elbow with, uh, you know, with Al Davis, but just kind of, a guy that he he looked up to and admired the way that he handled his business, so he tried to start almost doing things similar as it pertains to his own life. So I just want to know what Al Davis meant to you. What did he mean to you? How did he shape you as a Raider fan? Did he kind of give you that little bit of an edge? Because I'll say this, what I think, as far as I'm concerned, I felt like I, I loved the way that Al Davis approached stuff, where it was going to be his way, he was going to do everything that he could, and what he believed in, he was going to fight for what he believed in, even if he ended up, you know, not not getting his way, but he was still going to fight for it. Everyone can't do that. Everyone doesn't have that in them. Some people have that fight in, in, in deep inside, but they don't know how to express it. Al was able to do that. That's what I always could appreciate. And I know you can't pick every fight and you can't choose every fight. and You can't, you know, you're, you're not going to win every battle, but it's smart to pick and choose. And, and it's smart to know that to, to be that person where people know that, hey, we're not just going to we're not just going to run all over this dude because, well, he's going to he's going to have some pushback. So I always kind of felt like. Not necessarily just Al, but just kind of the whole persona and who the Raiders were kind of 
gave me a little different ex- edge to myself. And that's why I always say, even when DeMond, me and you started doing this show, I said, you know, something about being a Raider, some of it being a Raider coach, being a fan, it's just different. It's not the same as every other fan base because I, I, it's hard to say you take the shape of, of the owner because, I mean, you're not around the owner like that, so you can't just say, oh, I, you know, that's the guy that I'm, I'm, I'm like. But it's almost like you admire the guy from a distance Oh, but personality, so you, you can beat off ta- personality. Exactly, though. that's exactly. You can take on those characteristics. There you go. Because I'll say this, as me growing up, I wasn't I wasn't a Raider fan, but you can, you know about that swagger. How many owners do you know? No, the owner has swagger. The owner has right. like that influence of personnel, being a former coach that's like, no, 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 I think we should draft this guy. Right. Or it is just like you know about Al, you knew about Al Davis because it was just like he's that guy. Right, 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 right. It is just one of those, for lack of a better phrase, he's built different. Yeah. I mean, it's just as simple as that. And that's what kind of made you really proud, at least me, made me really proud to be a Raider fan. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I grew up, there was a lot of 49er fans around me. And I was the one young bro in the in the crew that was the, the Raider fan. And everyone kind of looked at me like, oh, he's just a Raider fan. He's this and that, whatever, you know. 49ers going to go win a championship. Raiders, you know, whatever. And it was just, it was always something, something different. Like I just wanted to be the different dude in the in the in the crew. And that's why I always loved the Coliseum. I, I felt like when we went to the Coliseum, man, you had folks from all over that looked completely different, from different walks of earth, from different tax brackets, just everyone coming together on a game day to all of a sudden form one big family. And I think the best example of that is the wife, you know, I, I met her in Texas. She wasn't a, a big football fan at all. wasn't really a big sports fan until she met me. She didn't have a football team. Her favorite, she didn't have a, fo- a, a favorite football team. My rule, if you're not a Raider fan, I, I just can't be with you. I mean, I can, you know, we can hang out, but I can't. It can't be anything long term. So anyway, long story short, she went to one Raider game. That was the very last game of the, of the Coliseum back in 2019. Got a shout out to Rob and Anna. Uh, helped make that ha- happen. And she saw the family environment. She she experienced that that one experience there at the Coliseum. And even though the Raiders lost, just the feeling that she received from being there, she tells everyone, "Man, Raider fans are family, man. That's all family." Like like that impression that that is what kind of took her over. And now she's always repping the silver and black. You see her out there at the Rockstar when we go and hang out at the Rockstar, and we'll be there tomorrow and go do that. She'll be rocking that silver and black. Friends are coming in from town, uh, out of town from Texas. They're coming in later tonight, going to the game on Sunday. She's been telling her, she's been telling her homegirl, like, hey, man, when you get to the game, you're going to get one big happy family. You're going to experience one big family affair. So is everyone going to be at the Rockstar tomorrow? Absolutely. Like all these friends, like these friends that are coming in? Oh, town? yeah, for sure. Because I'm showing up. It's going to be my first appearance. Oh, okay. So yeah. is it about you or is it about them? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'm going to be there. Okay. So yeah. if, if you, you, you want to be like, hey, man, this is my guy to mine. You know, if you want to give me the, hero, the hero's welcome. Hey, man, don't I always introduce you everywhere we go? Yeah, man. So if y'all Raider Nation, y'all out there, y'all know the saying, if it ain't free, it ain't me. So if y'all want to buy me a drink. <laughs> I'm already putting it out there. Who can buy DeMond the most drinks? Yeah, oh, y'all crazy. I got you, dog. I got you. But, yeah, we'll be out there at 5 o'clock, man. Vinny Bonsignor will be out there, and a ton of Raider Nation is going to be there packing the building. I know for a fact there's going to be a lot of folks going to be there. So, yeah, we're going to have a really good time. So, yeah, DeMond, I'll, I'll grab the microphone. I'll just do one big introduction. I'll stop all the music and say, DeMond's in the building, and he's going to do the fizzle dance. No, he's not going to do the fizz dance. He's not. Raider uh, Raider J from Sacramento hit us up on the text line. 
Al Davis had this take no BS attitude, which I take with me every day handling these geeks on the street. There you go. I, I that's that's a perfect way to put it. That's exactly the perfect way to put it. Don't take no BS attitude. I like that. Raider J hitting us up out of Sacramento, California. That was a good one. But that's what it is, man. It's a different mindset. It's a different swagger. I mean, even when you were a player, and obviously I was never a player, but we'll talk to Marcel Reese coming up at 3 o'clock. You were, when you're rocking that uniform, you just feel different. You're just that kind of dude, man. So uh, that, that's, that's why we're here and we're celebrating the life and times of Al Davis. And now, pleased to have on the phone lines a man that uh, I talked to, I think about mm, December of last, last year. We talked some Al Davis. We talked some Raiders. And uh, that's former Raider head football coach Hugh Jackson, now the offensive coordinator there at Tennessee State. And, Coach, first of all, congratulations on being the OC there at Tennessee State. And thank you so much for your time today on what has got to be such an emotional day for you. Uh, Thank you so much. Hey, anytime uh, someone wants to talk about Al Davis, I'm always ready to do that. Yeah, and that's what I said at the beginning of the show. I said, hey, I, I sent you know Coach Jackson an email, and he called me back in about three minutes and said, if it's Al, I'm there. Let me know. And so uh, we definitely appreciate having you. And uh, I was talking about the, the day I, I woke up and I found out that, that Al had passed. It was a Saturday. Uh, you guys were about to play in, uh, in Houston, and I was in Texas at the time. And so I kind of just got in my feelings all that day on Saturday and was watching NFL Network and seeing all the tributes. And then your team goes out there and wins the game. Ten men on the field. Michael Huff gets an interception. And I just said, hey, Al was on the field with the Raiders on that play. What was going through your mind on the sideline? Oh, there's no question. I mean, I didn't know that we had ten until after the game. <laughs> I never knew that. And um, it was uh, what was going through my mind is that the players fought extremely hard that day. They wanted to win for Al. They were able to pull that off. It was an emotional day for all of us, you know, just going back through Saturday, me finding out from Mark, me having to tell the team, me having to lead the team, because it was hard. I don't think people know how much Al Davis meant first to a lot of those players personally, but to me personally and professionally, and it was just hard. I mean, he was a guy that when Al liked you, he liked you. When he didn't like you, he didn't like you, but (laughs) for some reason, I had a tremendous relationship with him. Yeah, I remember when he hired you as the offensive coordinator and he kept saying how sharp of an offensive mind you had and how, how sharp of a football mind you had in general. What were those conversations like that you guys had between yourselves? And you said that, hey, he meant a lot to you football-wise and, and off the football field as well. What were those conversations like with Al? Well, let me say this. I've, I've been around a lot of owners at my time prior to coming to the Raiders. I've never had a guy that knew so much about football. You know, he would put me on the board and ask me things that only an owner who had coached could ask. You know, he wanted to know about blocking schemes. He wanted to know about protections. He wanted to know how we were going to get certain people the ball. And that was just different. And I think that's what built our bond together. It was built through football. Then it got to be built through trust. Then it got to be built through, you know, the wins together. And so uh, he was just tremendous. He was a walking football. I think we all know that. But more so than that, he was truly all about the Raiders. Talking right now with Hugh Jackson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, as we're celebrating the life and times of Al Davis. And I asked John McClain this yesterday. Just There's so much contributions that Mr. Davis did and brought and provided to pro football in general, you know, the NFL, the AFL. And I asked him, I know this is difficult, but how – what do you think would what would you say is the biggest uh, accomplishment or the biggest contribution he made to the game of football? So I want to ask you, what would you what would you say his biggest contribution was? 
there were so many. Uh, but the thing that will always stick out to me with Alice, he didn't see color and he didn't see gender. You know, when you see the people that he put in charge, you know, from uh, myself to all the other uh, minority coaches before me, and when you think of Amy Trask and all the people, Al was about talent. He wanted talent, and he knew what talent looked like. He knew what it should be, and he didn't care what anybody else thought. It was really, truly about what he thought, what he felt, and that's the way he he dealt with everything. How was he able to understand the talent and see the talent in people before others were able to see the talent in people? Well, let me tell you, he took us he took us all through an interview process, that's for sure. <laughs> it wasn't just like walked up there and, and did nothing. Um, you had to earn that right, you know, and I think every one of us who were the leaders for him, we did. We earned it through his interview process because it wasn't one of those fly by, hey, you're the guy. You had to earn that with him and that was over time. What does it mean to be a Raider? Uh, what, what does it mean to be a Raider head coach? What does it mean to be a part of the Raider family like you always will be? Wow. It's, um, it's an unbelievable, never-ending fraternity of, of people who are dedicated to excellence and winning and people who uh, truly wear the silver and black the right way for everything that it stands for. Al Davis just wanted to win, baby. That's truly what he was all about. Uh, it was about making sure that he put a team out on the field that was pretty, but also a team that knew how to play football and pro football at that. Talking right now with Coach Hugh Jackson here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and when you were the head football coach, one of the things that you said that I always admired all the time was, you know, we're going to run the ball when everyone in the stadium knows that we're going to run the ball. We're going to be bullies. We're going to do We're going to take what we want. And I always felt like that was a an Al Davis-ism. You know, we're going to take what we want, not what the defense gives us. What did you take? What have you taken away from Al Davis that you still imply in your everyday life as a coach? Um, go, go, go take what you want. You just said it. I mean, don't back down. There's going to be times when things don't go right. There are setbacks. You deal with it. You deal with it head on. Don't be afraid of, of, of the unknown. You know, go for it. And I, I still do that to this day. And I can still hear him in the back of me saying, you go. Go do it. You know, he taught me something. I never forget. We're playing a game. I forget against two. And I, we ran a reverse, and I never get talking to him after the game. He goes, why don't you run two reverses in a game? And I go, because I think the other team knows. He goes, no. He said they would never suspect it. So I never forget. I forget which game it was, but we ran two reverses that game, and sure enough, they both went for big big games. And that taught me right then and there, you can't, you can't live in your fears. You just got to go do it. And that's truly what Al Davis was about. Yeah, I mean, it was there were so many lessons and, like I said, so many contributions that he gave to the, to the game of football and, you know, having this uh, this team, the Raiders. And, you know, I was just explaining that it just it's just it's a different mindset. It's a different everything when you're a Raider fan, Raider coach, Raider player. You just have a different kind of swagger about yourself. How special was it being on the sidelines as the, the head football coach for the Raiders wearing that silver and black there in the Coliseum? It was amazing. I miss it to this day because of the fans and because of the players and because of all of Raider Nation and all the people who truly believed in what Al Davis has sold, that we're going to be best in the world and we were going to compete for championships and we're going to have some of the greatest players 
ever to play the game wear the silver and black, and that's exactly what he did. And we talk about Raider Nation all the time as there's a game coming up this uh, this Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be uh, amazing against the Bears, but we talk about Raider Nation all the time and just how they travel so well and they're everywhere. And I know that you're embraced very well by Raider Nation anytime they run into you or anytime you run into them, but uh, just keep on talking about the fans. How special is the Raider Nation? It's amazing. I mean, I don't think people really understand the – magnitude of that you know when you drive into the stadium that the fans are there i mean they're ready way before the game starts Mm -hmm. and they see you when you come in and there's nothing like them seeing you when you come out especially after a victory i mean these are the greatest fans i've ever been involved with uh, from top to bottom and i've been in a lot of different stadiums but there's just something about the raider fans that is just different that the pride um, the determination uh, the way they bleed the silver and black, I, I don't think any other team does it like they do. I got to take you back to, to Houston, to NRG Stadium. Again, the, the day after uh, we all found out that Al passed and Michael Huff gets that interception and you drop to a knee. As you drop to that knee, emotions are coming down your face. You're, you're in tears. Uh, do, you, do you flash back to that one almost every October 8th? Do you, do you go back to that day? Oh, absolutely. I, I really go back to it on, on his birthday. Right. Because I just know what he meant to me. I know what he meant to my career, the opportunity he gave me. He really helped me jumpstart my career. Uh, I was trying to give back to our fans what he exactly wanted me to give back to him, which was winning. I wish I could have seen it through. Obviously, that wasn't the plan. But I am indebted to him for everything he did to me and indebted to the Raider family and fans because they were sensational to me yeah no they, they really were and they really are i mean that's just that's just who they are we're talking right now with coach hugh jackson uh, tennessee state offensive coordinator now but a uh, former raider head football coach and i'm telling you uh coach you would be so creative with some of your uh some of your your offensive plans and the plays that you rolled out there and i mean some guys you just put them in such great play p- position to be successful what is it about calling plays that you just it's almost like you have to think three plays ahead for one play you know it's like you're setting up something in the first quarter for some in the fourth quarter what's going through your mind while you're calling plays absolutely you know one thing al always left with me he said hugh it's not about plays it's truly about players you know putting those players in position whether it's the first quarter through the last quarter to have opportunities to make special plays and that's what i've always taken from him you know everybody thought it was about the plays you can design a whole bunch of things but it's still the players you put in those positions to make plays and the guys there during that time they were phenomenal at making plays and they truly believed in the system which gave them the strength and the and and the tenacity and the intelligence to go make it happen absolutely and coach before i let you go and i I know like you said that al davis meant so much to you uh as far as just just a human being a man-to-man sit down talking uh, a a father figure a mentor uh what did al davis just bottom line what did al davis mean to you he meant everything. I mean, he was like uh, that kind of father figure. I had lost my dad. And the things that he imparted to me, uh, just, uh, you know, outside of football, just right. about everyday people and how to attack every day and to go be your best and to not fear anything and to go chase it. Even when things get upside down, don't fear the unknown. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And you'll come out on the other side of it pretty good. And, and I've, I've always adhered to that because it came from a man who did just that in his life. And he did that with 
phenomenal grace. I mean, obviously he was an icon. Mm -hmm. He was amazing. I can think back to the days when I was young and I used to go to the Coliseum and watch him walk in with his entourage. And I used to always say to myself, someday I'd like to lead or be a part of his organization and to know that I became one of the, the leaders of his organization, I will always, I'll go to my grave with that. I hear you. I, I really do. And, you know, it's so funny. I, I hear so many conversations of people that just grew up, you know, just being a big fan of the Silver and Black and just wanted to be part of it. And I, I have to include myself in that. I was a kid walking across the bridge at the Coliseum, and now I'm on Raider Nation Radio 920, so it all comes, you know, full circle and just – uh, this is awesome. Really enjoy talking and kind of getting to know uh, Al Davis. And since you were up close and personal, had a great relationship with him. Really appreciative of you uh, giving us a few minutes of your time to talk about him today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And anytime, anything that's for Al and the Raider Nation, I'm I'm always there for it. Thank you so much, Coach. I appreciate you and keep doing what you do. And, uh, and we're so proud of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right, Coach. There he goes. Coach Hugh Jackson right now, current offensive coordinator, Tennessee State, uh, working under Eddie George there. And uh, shout-out to Coach Jackson. Uh, he was always fun, man. I was always a, a big fan of watching Coach Jackson's teams go out there and perform. Thought they had a really good uh, offensive scheme, man. There were some things that he had those players doing. But you heard what he said, DeMond. It's not about the plays. It's not about, uh, you know, you could draw up whatever you want. Got to have the players. And he, he had some dudes – but I always felt like he got the most out of some of the dudes that he had. You, you know, we talk about weapons all the time. I always felt like Coach Jackson got a little bit more out of some of the weapons that you kind of look at and you're like, wow, he got a lot out of that dude. Like a Jacoby Ford. Oh, man, I'm so glad you said that because that was the first player that that's popped in my head. And, I, and that's not, you know, a slight to him. It's just, no, 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 it's no. just after he left the Silver and Black, he didn't have too much success. But Coach Jackson always put him in a, a position to succeed. Man, that's so. Oh man, that's so funny that you said that. That was the first play that was it? In my head. The second one, I was like Darren McFadden. I was like, no, but Darren McFadden. Well, no, hit. but you know, you're right because remember he was struggling, and then Coach Jackson went, pulled him to the side, and said, "What plays do you like to? What do you like to run? What What is a favorite for you?" And I remember he went and had a monster season. He was really good at getting the most out of uh, out of player. There was man, I mean, there was guys that were, again, not disrespectful guys. They were just guys. But they were making play. Hell, he damn near gave Jason Campbell one of his best best years ever, and then he got hurt. I I've said this, and then we'll take a break. If Jason Campbell doesn't get injured that year, and then they make that trade for Carson Palmer, and we all know how it went after that, Raiders go to the playoffs that that year. The Raiders would have been in the playoffs the year that Jason Campbell got injured. I do believe that, and they had a bunch. I mean, you can go up and would down. They finish eight and eight that season. I believe so. Yeah. And you go up and down, but it was it was a, a a tailspin. I remember texting my mom. Maybe I didn't even text. I might not have had. To, I might have just called her. I remember as soon as he got hurt, I was like, "Well, there it goes." And then they went and made the move for Carson Palmer, but he was on the couch. You know, he had been on the couch, so didn't think they were going to get a bunch out of him. I was upset. I was actually upset when when Campbell got hurt because I thought they had something special. I really did. I thought they. they I'm telling you, you go up and down that roster. You go back and look at that roster, and you look at the names on there. And then you go see what they did after they left the Raiders. A lot of them weren't even in the league after that. I promise you. I'm telling you. Something I'm very passionate about. I remember my son used to hit me up. I'm like, man, so-and-so is really good. This player is really good. After they left the Raiders, they didn't do squat. Nothing. I lay at the roster right now. No, we're not. <laughs> like, I'm getting, look, I'm all getting fired up again because I'm telling you, man. You know what? Maybe we should come back because I feel like 
Jacoby Ford maybe took a little too much heat right there. No, we can no. think of some other players. No, there was, there was, we, we just can't think of them right now. No, there was yeah, the main one though. There, yeah, there was, and I, I hate that I forget his uh, the wide receivers. His name started with a D, and he was from East Texas. It wasn't Demond, but he was from East Texas because um, I know that my buddy, my co-host on, on my radio show that I did in Texas, was like East Texas fool. That's why he's so good. But he was Denarius Moore. There he is, Denarius Moore. He was good, but he wasn't great. But Coach Jackson had him playing. Coach Jackson had him as a big-time weapon. Denarius Moore was really good with the Raiders. After that, you go back and look. We'll take a break, but you go back and look. 226 is time when we come back. Glenn Simpson, he'll join the show. Talk all things about the alternate screenings that the Raiders will be providing early in the morning starting tomorrow. Real quick, Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, he made Darius Hayward Bay a hell of a player. Just saying. 226 is the time. We'll come back. We'll talk to Glenn Simpson. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.30 is the time. Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Just had former Raider head football coach Hugh Jackson in the last segment talking about the life and times of Al Davis, what Al Davis meant to him. We definitely appreciate that. We are having a celebration of the life of Al Davis here on the show today. Real quick, I do want to get to a text off the Sam and Ash text line at 69187. Then we'll get to our guy, Glenn Simpson, joining us uh, in just a second. Big Dub Raider said, Q, that was one of my favorite Raider teams, too, that Hugh Jackson coached. My son is named Jacoby, spelled Jacoby, like Kobe Bryant, because of that season. My wife would be watching the games when Jacoby Ford returned all those kicks and made those catches. She'd say, I like that name, Jacoby. So there you go. So, uh, yeah, we were just talking about Coach Jackson's teams that he had and the way that he just kind of turned some players that didn't have big-time careers after they left the Silver and Black, but uh, they were some big-time players with the Silver and Black. So uh, we'll get back to that, but thank you so much, Big Dub Raider, for that text. And now on the phone lines, our guy, uh, Glenn Simpson. We definitely appreciate your time, my man. Community Ambulance, you are uh, part of the part of the team that's taking care of all the the vaccinations and the the clear app and the alternate screenings that is going on at a at Allegiant Stadium each and every home game it's just a it's it's really a good a good community thing that the Raiders have been doing making sure that everyone's in the building vaccinated and there's a way to get in if you're not fully vaccinated can't use the clear app and the alternate screenings are the way to do that and Glenn so thank you so much for your time and how has that been going how have you seen the alternate screenings go uh how have you seen the 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 numbers turn out as far as many people that show up to make sure that they get that so they can get into the game. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, good afternoon. Just wanted to thank you for the time on such a momentous day as we honor the legacy of, of Al Davis. Um, you know, the alternate screening tents, it, it's been a true partnership between us and, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, to date, we've already vaccinated over 600 people on wow. site, um, which is great. Um, and we're seeing a lot of people come through the tents. And so uh, really what we want to what we want to urge fans is to get out tomorrow if you can. Get out the day before the game, avoid the long lines, come out, check out the uh, Raider Image store, get your alternate screening done, and then all you got to do is show up Sunday and get right through those gates. And how long does that normally take the process? Once they get there, once they get to the tents, uh, how long does it take to, to get everything done and, and taken care of and get that wristband on their wrist? Yeah, so I mean, there's a few reasons why you're coming into that tent, whether that's because you're an international visitor and you're not able to access the Clear app. Or you're just having issues getting on the Clear app. If you're if you're one of those, the the longest part of it is standing in line. Uh, once we once we get you up into our alternate screening area, it's just a matter of us taking a look at a government issued ID as well as your proof of vaccinations, and you get a wristband and you can head right in. Uh, but again, it's those long lines, and so we want to 
anything we can do to get you to come out tomorrow, get through that line. Once you get your wristband on, you don't even have to worry about it Sunday morning. You don't have to miss all the uh, pregame uh, activities. Yeah, and there's a lot of pregame activities going on, and Chris Angel was just announced that he's going to be there performing before the game, so that's something that folks don't want to miss out on. That's going to be fun, and uh, you know, as far as the, the location, it's easy to get to, and, and so tell us the location where it's at, uh, where they can find the tents, and then what time can they start arriving? Yeah, super easy. So tomorrow between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Uh, over in Lot B, Lot B Bravo, uh, just outside the Raider Image Store, you'll see a big, large tent. It says alternate screening on it. Come on in. Uh, if you do need to get a vaccine, uh, we'll be able to get you a vaccine on Saturday. On Sunday, we'll be open again at 9 a.m. as well until uh, about 2 p.m. Uh, again, we want to get people in. As you said, there's some really exciting things. The Raiders do it right. Vegas does it right. And there's some stuff you don't want to miss uh, ahead of the kickoff no no not at all a lot of good activity i'm telling you i've, I've seen uh, so far through the two home games i've seen so much action before the game at halftime and you know it's just it's really a lot of fun so you definitely want to get there and you get there early now uh for some folks they might not know they might not know if they need the alternate screening so uh what does this pertain to how, how, who how do you identify as okay this is a guy that needs an alternate screening this is a young lady that needs an alternate screening yeah absolutely so a few different categories so if you're under 12 don't need to come through alternate screening. I uh, just need to wear a mask the entire time that you're in the game. Uh, if you're eight, between ages of 12 to 14, uh, you do need to come through alternate screening uh, just because you're not able, your parents, guardians aren't able to get you added onto the clear app. Uh, and then anybody that just can't get onto the clear app. So for those that can get onto the clear app, and when we say that, download the clear app, uh, go through the process of verifying your vaccination, you'll get a green moving screen. If you got the green screen, there is absolutely no need for you to come into alternate screening, proceed directly to the gate. They'll have to see your green screen, um, and they'll put you through. If for whatever reason you can't get that green screen on the Clear app, that's where we need you to come through that alternate screening area. And again, either show proof of uh, your first vaccination or show full proof of your entire vaccination. Uh, there are some issues in getting the, the cards uploaded for various reasons. Um, on game day, there'll also be some clear representatives there that can help uh, a little bit with some of the tech support, try to get you on. Once you're on the clear app, you're good to go for the rest of the season. Um, so it's a one and done thing. And uh, again, urging everybody to show up early if you can uh, to try to avoid the long lines. And let's uh, let's fill the house with Raider Nation. This is a good uh, good timing for that question because I just got hit up on our Salmon Ash text line about uh, my face ID camera isn't quite working for some reason. Is that Would that be something that could mean that you have to go through the alternate screening or is that maybe a phone issue? It's a little bit of both. Um, you know, depending on the type of phone you have, the version software you have, that may be something that's keeping you from uh, doing it. The Clear app does require facial recognition, so it does require that camera to be functioning. Okay. Uh, so if you're unable to do that and get that green screen, we got to see an alternate screening. There you go right there. And the and the best advice, again, and I can't urge this enough, is to do it on Saturday. Don't do it on game day. Do it tomorrow. Get up early. Make it happen. And then you're good. You know I mean? Then you don't have anything that you got to think about. Uh, you just put a wristband. You'll have a wristband on that you'll put there uh, on the site on Saturday, right? You got it. Yeah, you get the wristband. You can shower with it. Uh, you can still enjoy all your festivities with it. So come on out. Get it done early. So then Sunday you're just avoiding the long lines that we uh, hopefully will uh, take care of on Saturday. Nice, nice. We're talking right now with Glenn Simpson, uh, just talking about the alternate screenings, just because you're just tuning in to Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, for anyone who, who might have missed exactly where the locations are at and what time it opens up, let them know again. Yeah, so Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. over in Lot B, on Sunday, on game day, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., there'll be a tent in Lot B, and there'll also be a tent on the south side 
Um, already we've seen between the two home games, we've had about 21,000 people come through. So wow. it's a lot of people that try to get through uh, alternate screenings. So do what you can to come out tomorrow, 9 a.m., um, out at Allegiant Stadium. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a lot of numbers that you guys are doing out there. And so uh, kudos to you guys for putting all that work. And uh, that takes some manpower. I mean, that's not, it's not, they're not, I say it all the time, they're not vaccinating themselves. You know what I mean? Like that's, that takes some people out there uh, to get that done. So shout out to you and your crew that's out there uh, putting in the work. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, what does, what do people need to bring with them as well? So they, so they have all the information, so they make it as quick, easy as possible. Yeah, all you need to do is when you get to the door, show up with a government-issued ID um, that has your name on it, picture preferred if you can, and then just that proof of the vaccination. If it's on your phone, great. If you got a physical card, great. Just if you have pieces of paper that list when you received your vaccine and what vaccine you received, that's all we need. We're just trying to, trying to uh, you know, do the right thing here and get everybody inside uh, that's vaccinated and enjoying the game. Absolutely. Well, again, uh, hats off to you guys. You're doing a lot of great community service, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that. They just think, oh, man, just getting folks into the into the uh, the game so they can watch the game. No, I mean, this is a lot of community work that you guys are putting some real deal man hours into. So, uh, Glenn, we definitely appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing what you're doing, and uh, hopefully we continue to send a lot of folks out there. They get vaccinated, and they go and join the game on Sunday. But uh, appreciate your time, and thank you so much for the information. Thanks, Q, and go Raiders. There you go. There he is. That's all that matters right at the end. Go Raiders. Glenn right there. Glenn Simpson, Community Ambulance. Uh, and, man, 21,000 over the first two home games. Those are some numbers right there. That was shocking. That uh, You know, I, I thought it was going to be some big numbers. I don't think 21,000 was the number I was thinking of. It just wasn't. Because I know he's saying that that's the first two home games combined, but I'm thinking, like, that's like a third of, like, filling up the stadium. I mean, that's a lot of folks. It's a lot of folks. I like it, though. I love it. Oh, it's great to hear, though. You know, and, again, it, it goes – it, for me, in my opinion, it goes way further than just getting into an NFL game. Yes. Like, you're getting vaccinated. You're helping out yourself. You're helping out the people around you. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox about it because I know some of them are going to be like, oh, God, I don't want to hear it. That's fine. It's fine. You just lost a listener. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. And, hey, what did Hugh Jackson tell us that Al Davis told him? Just go do it. Just go do it. Just, just don't, don't, don't live in fear. Don't live in fear, Hugh. Well, don't live in fear, Q. That's what it is. Three, not three, 2.39 is the time. I love it, man. We still got a whole nother hour. Coming up at 3 o'clock, though, we'll talk to former Raiders fullback Marcel Reese, four-time Pro Bowler. How about that? Four-time Pro Bowler for a guy that didn't even make the original squad that he was signed by. Signed by Miami, didn't make it out of camp, went to the silver and black, turned into a four-time Pro Bowler. We'll talk to Marcel Reese coming up at 3 o'clock. Obviously, he's still very much in, in locked in with the, the silver and black. He'll be, at the, he'll be at the game tonight, the Aces. Uh, I can't wait to get out there to the Michelob Ultra Arena. Uh, it's win or go home, baby. It don't get no better than this. Win or go home. 702-365-9200. I just found out that we have a, a caller that DeMond wants to get to. Who we got up next? Oh, we can get to them after the break. Oh, you want to take it after the break? Yeah, we'll I get to them after the break. I thought you just gave me the phone sign. No, but we'll get to all these callers that we have after the break. All right, now I'm understanding. I'm, hey, I'm picking up what you're laying down. That was my bad. That was my bad. It's like you told me to run a a, a, a nine route, and I went I, 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 did, I went slant. I'm probably caused the interception. My fault. My fault. I'll take that one. You know, the wide receiver? Why it was, it was, you know when they say the two weren't on the same page? The wide receiver wasn't on the page right there. You were the quarterback on that one. I was a wide receiver. I ran the wrong route. I apologize. 2.40 is the time. We'll come back. Get to all the calls on the Raider Nation listener, Raider Nation listener line. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. All right, baby! That's the way be! The Raiders became, of course, the first wild card to win the Super Bowl. I think it's a tremendous compliment to the organization because you had to win four postseason games. Today, of course, was the big one, the Super Bowl. I think it's a great credit to you for putting this team together, and it's a credit to some marvelous, dedicated athletes. Congratulations. All right, Pete. And you finally got the mic. Thanks very much, Commissioner. You know, when you look back at the years of glory of the Oakland Raiders, but this was our finest hour. This was the finest hour in the history of the Oakland Raiders. To Tom Flores, the coaches, and the great athletes, you were magnificent out there today. You really are. How awesome is that? That almost brings chills to my body listening to that. That's great stuff. Shout out to Clay Baker. Provided us with some sounds of Al. If you're not checking out Clay, I don't know what you're checking out. Morning tailgate every morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Clay. Has Hondo Carpenter in there holding it down. Has Heidi Fang in there holding it down. Of course, has former NFL player Mike Pritchard holding it down as well. They do a great job, 7 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, JT the Brick has many Al stories. Great ambassador for the silver and black. So uh, he, he holds it down from 12 to 2. I rock it from 2 to 4, myself and DeMond, and then Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy, hold things down in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Doesn't get too much better as far as the lineup goes, and I ain't even talking about myself. I'm talking about everyone around me. Everyone around me, they're, they're the soundtracks to the to the day. So just appreciate being a part of, part of it all. Fabian hit me up on Twitter. He said, it's like I said, I was born in 59, the Raiders in 60, a Raiders fan from the beginning, and through it all, there was Al Davis, commitment to excellence, Pride and poise aren't just slogans, but a lifestyle. Thank you, Mr. Davis. Gone but not forgotten. Just win, baby. I like that one. Got a text. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Fargo Raider. Said my homeboy Q and Damon. I love my Raiders. Growing up in the South, half my life, sometimes I was made to feel less of a person being Hispanic. I'm learning the history of my Raiders and knowing that we had great Hispanic players and a coach. It gave me pride. Gave me one of the reasons to keep my chin up. And that made me love and respect Al Davis that much more, that he saw us as equals and valued our people because of all that mattered was winning. Raider in peace. Just win, baby. That was Fargo Raider. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Great text, by the way. That's what I was talking about earlier. And I used to describe this to everyone who had never been to a Raider game at the Coliseum. And me being a Bay Area cat, I always described it as you had some folks that were from you know, the more well-off areas in the Bay. You had some cats that were there from not-so-well-off areas in the Bay. You had cats rolling in from L.A. You just had everyone that just, they all joined in at the Coliseum, and nobody looked really like each other. It was just a big bunch of, it was just a blend of all kind of races, all kind of religions, all kind of, you know, tax brackets, and none of that mattered. That was the beauty of it. That's what I love so much about being a Raider fan is that none of that stuff mattered. 
If I sat next to you, you didn't give a damn what I looked like. You didn't give a damn that I had a tattoo on my neck. You didn't have a you didn't care that my girl might have looked ratchet next to me. That's fine. Didn't care. Because when that ball went to the end zone and Tim Brown caught it, and you heard touchdown Raiders, it was big hugs, it was high fives, it was dancing in the aisles. It was not a give a damn in the world. I'm not gonna lie, I love that the team's here in Vegas because I have a job. But <laughs> I would I would have loved to have attended a game in the dude, Coliseum. Dude, I'm telling either, you. Yeah, the Coliseum. I'm saying like I'll, I'll tell you right now. If you had just not been a football fan, not a, a team fan, right? I don't care what team you're a fan of. I respect it. But if you were just a, hey, I want to go and see what this is all about, I promise you, you would have gone. And if you had an open mind, you would have left there as a fan of the Raiders. I guarantee it. Because that's how infectious. You know how you said personalities can be infectious? This is a huge personality. And it was all Al's personality. It really was. And the the fact that he did things without looking at color, looking at gender, looking at tax bracket. He didn't give a damn. It was all about just winning. I want the best guys for the job. I want the guys and the women that can get it done. That's what was so beautiful about Al Davis. That's what was so beautiful about growing up a Raider fan. That's why, you know, hip-hop embraced the Raiders because they had the color, they had the style, they had the swagger. You know, then you had N.W.A. and you had, you know, all these. I mean, man, who didn't have a Raider parka back in the day or a Raider starter jacket or a cap back in the day? Everyone had one. Half the people rocking them didn't even know what the hell the Raiders were. But they were rocking them. You saw what the L.A. Kings did. No disrespect. I'm not trying to start no mess. The L.A. Kings went out and tried to look just like them. They did. They did. They started rocking silver and black, too. I get it. I ain't mad at them. I'd have done it, too. Flat. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> Imitation is the best form of flattery, right? They say that. They they be saying that. Yeah. Again, man, it was just so it was so that's why I was that's why I was always so locked in with the silver and black. Like I couldn't be a fan of anybody else. You could take me to another game, but you can't take the Raiders out of me. You know what I mean? It's just it was just and I've been to a lot of games. I've covered a lot of games. I've I've been to different venues, seeing other teams, and it's just just don't get that same feel. 702-365-9200. Raider 27, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Q, uh, before I go into what I wanted to call, I got a little bit confused uh, about the Clear app. Okay. So um, I have the Clear app. I've been vaccinated. I got the whole thing. But the guy said, if you don't show green, do I have to take proof of vaccination along with my Clear app? I'm, I'm going to be at the game this Sunday. Right, but you, you've already uploaded everything. You're good to go? I mean, yeah, everything's uploaded on my phone. Okay, and so, but you, but you look. I mean, so everything looks like you. You should be fine. You should be fine. Now, okay. uh, I, I would. I, I think that. I think that you're good. As long it, it lets you know on there, because I, I did mine, and it took me about five minutes to do it. And it, yeah, it, it was easy. Yeah, it was super easy. So you should be good. Okay, so I used. I was a season ticket holder in Los Angeles. We drove two and a half hours one way, and I missed one game, and about. Oh, no, I guess it was eight years. I had a car wreck two days before the game, so I couldn't go. So every game, I would go down to the field, just on the end of the field on the five-yard line, and I'd go cuss at the other team. <laughs> and I'd go crazy. I'd go bananas. So one time I go down there, and Al Davis is talking to Christian Okoye. Wow. And they were like maybe 
15 feet away from me, 20, maybe 20 feet away. And I'm just going ballistic. I'm going crazy. I mean, I'm yelling everything that I could think of, and my wife's embarrassed to even be in the same stadium with me. And I'm going just crazy, crazy, crazy cussing at Christian Okoye, and they couldn't even have a conversation. He'd keep looking up at me, and he'd look over at me, just shake his head, smile, and I'd smile back. They knew it was just a good, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Anyway, when Al was done with his conversation with Christian Okoye, and he patted him on the shoulder, and he turned around and, and ran off, Al Davis looked right at me and gave me that look and that thumbs up that he used to do, you know. And I tell you what, I didn't touch the stairway all the way up to my <laughs> It was just so awesome. Yes, yeah, sounds magical, man. It does. It really sounds magical. That's awesome. Good call. Good call. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Let's get to uh, one more call real quick. Uh, let's go out to New Jersey. Mitch in New Jersey, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's happening, Q? Chilling, man. Chilling. I tell you, a lot of owners should be like Al Davis. Like maybe Dean Spanos, maybe uh, we'll be able to keep this team in San Diego, always have a championship. I mean, the Rays are the only team in L.A. that has ever won it right there and then. Right. That'd be pretty ironic if, if the Chargers do win it, you know, because they have a good quarterback and uh, you got to love uh, Bosa. I mean, you wish one of our guys returned to him. But being this is Al Davis, and it's about time uh, Flores got in as a Hall of Famer, and I believe Branch is going to get in, and you know, has been already. How about um, Bo Jackson? Compare his numbers to, like, Yale Sayers. I know he was great, too. His, his career was cut short. He had five years, but I think half of the time, unfortunately, his, and, and back in those days with the doctors and the type of technology wasn't, wasn't like today. Mm-hmm. You see Bo Jackson being a Hall of Fame, he's a, he was a shooting star. Two, he was good in two sports. Yeah, I know. That, that, that has to go for something. Right. No, yeah, that's that's a good argument. Thank you so much for the call, man. I do appreciate you. That's a good argument. Uh, I just don't think that, that the numbers were ever there. Uh, for for Bo, unfortunately, I mean, because the dude was playing two different sports, you know. I mean, he never really played a full season uh, for the Silver and Black. He just and man, that dude, he could have been a Hall of Famer in anything. That dude could have been a Hall of Famer in anything. He was just that Bo damn talented. Sports. He he does, but I I'm convinced that he could have done anything he wanted to. He's just one of those. There's certain dudes, there's certain athletes, there's certain people that just there's no learning curve. You know what I mean? It's like. They, you see something and you just go do it. There's just certain people that are like that, and Bo was that guy. I think, um, no doubt about it. I think if he had played baseball and only played baseball, dude would have been incredible. That's the definition. Incredible. It, yes, incredible. That dude was just an absolute monster. And man, just to think about that. Even though he had a short career with the Silver and Black, at least he had that career with the Silver and Black. I remember when the Raiders got him, so fired up. I was like, oh my gosh. This is going to go down. Bo, Marcus, come on. Don't forget Tecmo Bowl. You can never stop Bo on Tecmo Bowl. I know we're not talking about video games, but, man, there's only one play you needed. There's only one play. It ain't like Madden, DeMond. You got different plays. In, in Tecmo Bowl, all I had to do was do a sweep outside. I'm good. You weren't catching Bo. I could even slow down. I could turn around and come back a little bit and still get a touchdown. Nobody was catching Bo in Tecmo Bowl. It was like Brian Bosworth, but on a video game. He was like Brian Bosworth in real life. It's like running up in Seattle, up underneath the tent, uh, the, the tunnel on Monday Night Football. But it was a video game. 2.57 is the time when we come back. We'll be talking to Marcel Reese, kicking off hour number three 
of Unnecessary Roughness. He'll talk all things Al Davis as we continue to honor Al Davis and celebrate the life and times of the great, late Al Davis. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.